Welcome to Inspiring Business with your host, Mark Bullock, who is the co-founder of Videosocials.net and of VideoInterviewPodcast.com. In every episode, Mark interviews business and organizational thought leaders who share their stories of how they inspire others by making a difference. You can find this show on Videosocials.net and YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and almost any podcast platform of your choosing. Welcome. And today I'm very pleased to have a very special guest, Kevin Ringstaff. Uh, Kevin's a student of grief for many years. Uh, he spends his days listening to people from all over the world who are grieving and suffering, often alone with no one else who really understands. He can also be found creating activities to help us move through grief and teaching grief in inventive ways. Over the years, he's been through several grief programs, and he's currently studying to be a board-certified chaplain. And he started PetCloud, which is how I met him, which is a virtual community to support and validate people who have lost a beloved pet. Welcome, Kevin. It's wonderful to have you. Thanks for having me, Mark. It's good to see you again. It's good to see you. It's been it's been a little while. You were Video Socials member for for a while, and one of the most unique individuals that we that we've had with that. And and I think everyone that saw you when you when you were creating vid videos and whatnot was expanded just by being just by you being there. So I, I have to be honest. I created the Inspiring Business podcast for people with people like you in mind that you know, make a difference in, 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 in how you chose to choose to show up in the world and the kind of services that, that, that you've created. But grief is an unusual thing to focus on and, and not necessarily always a, a happy kind of topic, but I think there can be joy in once we can manage our grief, et cetera. But how did you get into the field of grief? I always like to start, you know, what's your story? And, and I think that's, totally appropriate for you. Oh, yeah. Well, it's good to see you again, too. And I can always, you know, tell how long it's been based on our beard growth. <laughs> We're the big beard club. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got into the field, you know, through loss. My first cat, Henry Fats Rothschild, ran away. And, you know, having a cat that runs away is a little bit different than having, you know, a pet that dies, right? And it's just a, like a unique kind of loss. And there's really not a lot of support for that. No, at all. Uh, you, you saw Ponce de Leon here just a moment ago, right? And you know, they are our companions. And, you know, they, they're with us for so many years. They share so much, you know, such an intimate part of our lives. Mm -hmm. And when they leave us, especially suddenly, it's, you know, it's disruptive. And, you know, I looked around and there was nothing... There was, there's not a, there wasn't really, you know, enough support for this kind of, this kind of loss. And that's sort of how we got started. And, and some start that you've done, which we'll get into in a little bit, you, you, um, you have a website, you have courses, et cetera, et cetera. But why does, and, and I know we've all experienced it, you know, but why does the loss of a pet hurt so much? Well, we touched on it a little bit. Like we, well, you know, all grief hurts, right? Like no one wants grief. You know, grief is a separation of something that we love. And, you know, most people don't think just how closely bonded we are with our pets, right? You know, we have pets now that we take to work, that we can take into restaurants, 
and on flights. And, you know, we have it, we can have a, a relationship with a being that's by our side 24 hours a day for a decade or more. Right. We don't have human connections like that. It's 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 fascinating, too, because I was I was going to ask you, you know, what makes pet loss different? And 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 I was thinking about that from the perspective of our relationship with our pets is is unique and distinctive from our human relationships. Right. Because let's face it, our, our, our pet is not, you know, they don't talk. You know, they, they, right. So they, they talk, but it kind of in their own language and their body language and, and how they care themselves. And, and, and if, especially with, with a dog or something that is very loyal, loyal to us, even when we make mistakes and whatnot, like that, they, they don't stand in criticism of us. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think in, in many ways, yes, our pets are family members, but in, in some ways it's, it's 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 a little bit deeper or a little bit it's it, it's yeah. it's a little bit more of a profound loss and you have this being that is doesn't judge you you know that that that, that is that is that loves you unconditionally and I mean, your your thoughts on that and, and am i off base with that or no that is exactly right right, right? it's right. it's that adoration that ad- adoring look in their eyes when we come home yeah. But I waited all day to see you. I'm so excited. <laughs> right. What are we doing? Yeah. You know, how was your day? And let's let, let go of your day and yeah. begin our day. It's awesome. Just awesome. Yeah. So, and then, you know, the inevitable happens and we lose, and we lose the pet and we have a hard time talking about it. Mm-hmm. And there's also, I think a bit of resistance on some people for who do we talk about it to? How do we talk about it and not make them feel uncomfortable? How do we listen to somebody who, who, who is experiencing it? You know? Yeah. Really? This is where you kind of come into play. Yeah. Well, like grief is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable going through it. And it's certainly uncomfortable watching a friend or a family member grieve. Right. Because, you know, when we see that, you know, like we want to fix it. We are fixers in the society. We want to take that pain away, put you back to where you were nice and joyful. And that's just not possible to do. Yeah. Right. And so it's uncomfortable watching someone that we love suffer and be helpless in that situation. And so we create all these other things that we do and say to try to, you know, make the grief less get over it faster instead of just being okay with the suck. Absolutely. Absolutely. And part, part of this too is, is that I, I, we, we know from human relationships and I've been through some grief counseling. We, we've all lost people, we've lost pets, etc. And it seems like there's, there's a lot of different, processes that people go through and there's a, and there's a, there's 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 a tremendous variability in in how long people grieve but you know how long do people grieve until they're done yeah yeah and like there's no timeline on grief right right I, there's no magical line in the sand that when we cross it everything's suddenly fine 
And it'd be nice because then we'd have a goal and then we could work towards that goal and be done with it. Because again, we're fixers. We want to solve and move on. But there are certain things that we have lost that we're never going to be okay about. And we're never going to not be sad about in some way. Right. You know, the whole goal is for it not to be painful when we think about them, when we go about our day. Got it. Got it. So what are some of the common common reactions that people experience when expressing grief to others? Uncomfortableness. Yeah. Because, right, you know, like, look, we don't know how to react. Like, like regular people, your friends and family don't know how to react unless we've had that situation before. Mm -hmm. Right. So it, it's uncomfortable being being sad around people, especially when we used to be happy. It's uncomfortable asking for help. Uh, so, you know, I see a lot of isolating. We don't want to go out. We don't want to do the same, the same things we used to. Because it reminds me of, you know, my loss or everyone's just going to ask me about it. So I just don't want to bother with it. Right. Right. Well, along those lines, you know, what, what are some of the well-meaning, you know, but ultimately terrible things that, that, that we end up saying to each other. Uh, <laughs> I was just talking about this in a group last night. One, one of them is let me know if there's anything I can do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And yeah. you know, everyone says that, but it's such a vague, meaningless thing, right? There's uh, like, you're not going to do anything for them. If they call you at three in the morning, are you going to, you know, talk, talk to your friend for an hour and a half or like, so, you know, I say, you know, have something specific in mind, you know, as a suggestion, as a way to, you know, do something different there. Is that instead of, let me know if there's anything, you can say, I know Friday nights are hard, so I'll bring you something to eat and we'll just hang out at your house this Friday. You don't have to do anything. It's the doing that's the problem mm -hmm. for the griever, because we don't know what we need. We don't know when we're going to need it. And we have all the a list of people that you say, Hey, call me if you need anything, but you know, who do I call and what do I need? Really? Is it, is it appropriate to say that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to, if you, if you want to talk, are you? Yeah. Right. So, you know, I like to even be more specific with that. You know, I'm generally up later in the night. You know, I go to bed at midnight, you know, so, you know, call me before that if you'd like to talk. Or I'm up early or, you know, if you like mm -hmm. to talk during lunch, you know, I'm generally like list times that you're actually available to talk because you don't want your friend calling you and like, oh, I need to talk now. But, oh, no, the next episode of what so-and-so is coming on. I can't do it. Or you're in a meeting or you right, you're, right. You're, right whatever. So it's like we want to make sure that when when our friends do call that, you know, we can pick up that we can be there. So we only list the things that we can do. And, and so along those lines, if somebody's grieving in our life, you know, we started talking about, you know, how can we help and what, what do we say? What can we do? Can we expand on that a little bit? You know, what, what, what other things can we say or do or how can we be helpful and not vague? Sure. Well, let's start with there's nothing that we can say or do that's going to take this pain away. Hmm. Like no matter the grief, I know we're talking about pet loss, but 
you know, a divorce, family loss, loss of a friend, you know, job loss, you know, like we can't fix what's happened. So like, there's nothing we can say that's going to make it better. Mm. So all the things that we want to say, we can just, you know, throw out the window (laughs) and just, you know, like, I'm sorry. No, I'm here. I'm, I'm holding this space. We don't have to say anything, you know, other than that. So to listen. Right. Like to hold that space, to right. let it be okay, to not be okay. Like, right. There's nothing wrong with being sad. <laughs> wrong with feeling bad. And, and I think as human beings, at least in this, in this society, we spend so much time trying to get away from being uncomfortable. Right. And, 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 and especially in, in, especially in relationships. And that could be at work, that could be in our family, that could be, you know, our friends or neighbors, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, we don't want to be in this uncomfortable space of grief and we don't want to, to bring somebody else into, into that or make other people feel uncomfortable. But I think really there isn't anything else to do other than to talk about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Other than to be there, to be there for each other and realize, I, I, I think it's, I think it's incredibly important what you said now a couple of times is that we can't fix it. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's not something to fix. It's something to experience, I guess. is Would that be a. Yeah. So. And as friends, we don't want to experience it. You know, it reminds us that of our own past grief or the, the fact that we will grieve. Right. We too will grow old, suffer, lose, grieve, and die. And we don't like being reminded of those things. And that really, that hits home with any grief that we haven't worked through or that we have, that we haven't, mm-hmm. I don't know if, if saying that's, that it's complete is, would be accurate, but if we're still dealing with grief and it could be from years or decades Mm-hmm. previous when we see somebody else who's grieving it reminds us of our grief right so yeah. that uh, most people immediately like to change that subject like right. oh i know how you feel because blah 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 in my life and and correct me if i'm wrong but that's that's like almost counterproductive right it is yeah because Yes, we, we need to relate to each other and we, and we relate to each other via our own stories and, and our own experiences. And so I think, though, that when you're dealing with grief, that may not be the best time to bring up or to shift the subject from your grief to, oh, here's a grief that I understand because here's a grief that, that I experienced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's surprising, like once we become aware of the things that we say, you know, hearing like the, the word vomit that comes out of everyone else's mouth when we're uncomfortable, right? We all say the same things. You know, oh, they're in a better place. Oh, it'll be, it'll get better in time. Right. Oh, you know, you, you can get another dog or a cat or you're young, you can try again to have another baby or, you know, you see some like, hear some terrible things that are maybe technically true. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's it's technically true that they're not suffering anymore. And maybe you did the best that you did. 
right? But, but it's still technically true that you're here now suffering. Right? It's not about the loved one mm -hmm. things that we've lost. It's about us, our grief, our separation. And this isn't something that we that we discussed talking about, but I'm I'm also looking at, you know, for myself, how how is grief and guilt tied? And and where does this guilt come from and how much does it impede our processing of grief? I talk about guilt a lot. You know, practically everyone who, you know, comes through our program has some form of guilt, especially with pets, right? Because, you know, we have complete agency over them. We make all their decisions, including the decision to uh, euthanize. And we don't we don't do that with kids or, or people or uh, anyone else in our life. So, you know, there's a lot more guilt generally with pet parents. But like the guilt sticks around even after, you know, we're you know, complete with the grief. I like how you used the word complete earlier. Mm. You know, the guilt sticks around. You know, guilt is, you know, the things that we could have done different or better. And that's always true. You know, that's never going to, like, it's, the situation is never going to magically fix, fix itself in the past, right? We're, you know, we will carry that guilt as long as we keep thinking about it. And, I'm suspecting that I know that you lead groups and you and you work individually with people, et cetera. But, you know, the, the, the counseling side of this, I, I, I just really encourage people to reach out to you and, and, and to take a look at, at, at your at your website. And I'm just trying to get up on screen. With, so petcloud.pet and you're on LinkedIn, you're on Pinterest. By the way, your, your Pinterest profile is gorgeous and touching, which is at PetCloud, Pet, Facebook, PetCloud.Pet. You have a, a Grief at Work program that's on Facebook, uh, Grief at Work, LinkedIn, PetCloud-Pet, or Kevin-Rinkstaff, but really your website's kind of the, 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 the culmination of everything. And, and that, again, that's PetCloud.Pet. And you have numerous programs and courses and, and, and stuff like that. But if you're not trained in this and you don't have experience in this, which the vast majority of humankind does not, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. That guilt part can really just it can. paralyze us, you know. Yeah. And we we always could, you know, we're, we always have the ability to second guess ourselves, to second guess decisions and and, and hindsight being 2020, mm -hmm. it's not always true, though, right? Because we, we, I think sometimes we fantasize, well, I should have done it this way because it would have been better. The reality is we don't always know what the outcome would have been if we'd have made a different yeah, choice. That's always true. Right. You know, I like to say hindsight is 2010. Like we zoom into the details, like from, from a godlike perspective, having seen everything have already happened knowing what's going to happen and like, oh, this is obviously what I could have done better. Right. Right. Like guilt is pervasive because, you know, whenever we think of, say, the, their last moments, right, we always are going to think of that guilt, right? That's always tagged along there. And, you know, one of the things that I, I have a whole program on guilt and anger. And, you know, one of the things that we do is separate out the guilt from the grief. 
Because you can work on the guilt and say goodbye to all that and the grief is still there and vice versa. Love it. So you actually have set you have separate programs for for each and the and 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 you kind of say so it's kind of a divide and conquer. Yeah. Um, you know, like there's a there's a there's a purpose to guilt, right? It's you know we we feel, we feel guilty to learn something, to not repeat something in the past, right? And you know after we've learned that lesson, you know we, we can let go of the guilt. But not not a lot of us do, <laughs> and like we, you know, we we talk about how to do that. And 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 how are you ever going to work through it if you're stuck with it, right? And, and and yes, we can have really close friends and really close family and stuff like that. And if you have that, wonderful. But I think one of the things that you've recognized in 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 my experience of you and seeing you record videos and and and, and going through some of the some of the content that, that you've provided online is is that i think you found that a lot of people feel very lonely and really don't have or don't feel that they have a friend or you know somebody at work or somebody yeah or or, or a family member that is that is really going to be able to help them through this rather than Offer platitudes, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. So, saying how like uh, grief rewrites your address book. <laughs> it shows you the people in your life who can show up for you and those who can't. Because because showing up for somebody that's grieving is one of the most uncomfortable things that we'll probably do. Mm -hmm volunteer ourselves to a space yeah. that we volunteer ourselves to be in that uh, yeah it's more than that too it's you know it's showing up consistently over time mm -hmm. there's no timeline in grief right so three months six months people are still thinking about it even though outside they they appear fine because right. we're expected to in society do you think there's anything inherently wrong with getting another pet soon perhaps sooner than, than than you had thought i mean in in my own circumstance now about a year and a half ago we had two dogs and and they passed within a couple of weeks of each other and we did not want to replace them but there was such a vacuum in our in, in our lives that we did start we did start looking and 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 we we got luna we got we, we have our, our dog that we have now and she doesn't replace the, the other dogs, but she was a whole nother spirit that that reintroduced joy into our lives. And so I don't think we made the wrong decision. Matter of fact, I'm absolutely certain we made the right decision. But how does somebody know? Is it is it the right decision to Yeah. That's a good question. Right? There's no right or wrong answer. This is an individual thing. But there's there's no too soon. You know, some people immediately go out because they cannot be alone. Mm. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Some people never adopt again. Mm. Nothing wrong with that either. Right. right? I, and it's sort of like what you were saying. And, you know, we look at are we re trying to replace this void? I, because we're not. We're never going to replace that loss. Right. And that's that's one of the myths about grief that we talk about in our programs, right? 
you know, like we, we replace the loss in society. Oh, you lost your partner. Oh, the best way to get, you know, over that is to go find someone else, like replace the loss. Right. You know, replace, you replace the job and you, know, you get another dog, get another cat. And it doesn't replace anything. It's just, you know, like you said, it's, you know, adding a new being in our life produces joy, new joy, new relationships, new growth, but different. I, I don't, you're one of the most amazing people that I've met. I have to say, I, this, you're, you're understand, it's you're huge, understanding. Isn't it? <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's the wisdom to allow to be what is right. To allow us to experience the emotions, to experience the discomfort, to, um, and, and it's not an intellectual exercise, right? You know, it's, it's, it's a, um, it touches the soul. You know, it, it, it's, these are matters of the heart. It's, it's, it's not, it's not an intellectual exercise to, to deal with. It's, it's, you know, we're having this conversation so that people can see and feel and understand that there is, there's a lot more to it. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of things that are kind of going on under the surface, you know, we say we we don't want to open our open our hearts in many cases in relationships, especially with other human beings, because we don't want to get hurt. We don't want to go. We don't want to go through the experience of mm -hmm. grief, right? So if if we haven't processed, we're carrying grief or guilt that we haven't processed, that we haven't completed, as it were, forward. That really puts the brakes on. Our tendency is to put the brakes on opening ourselves up to ever dealing with that again. And then, as you said, and then, and, and our own, all of our own human insecurities, our fears, our, our loneliness, you know, all come into, all come into play, you know, and, and, and not, and not just, and not just in pets. And, and I know that you have another program that you, you know, you're, you're not focused on a whole lot right now, but I think it's, I think it's important and that is grief in the workplace, right? Yeah. And yeah, training management and leaders how to talk about grief as yeah. support employees because we, we bring grief into the workplace with us. And this is something that we can teach. So talk about that because it's it, it's like you know, we've all we've either experienced it directly or we know people that you know in, in you know our coworkers or we we manage people that 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 uh, whether we're in HR or we're in owners of the company or managers, as, as you said, our employees are going to experience grief and, 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 and our coworkers are going to experience grief. How do, how do we, how do we be helpful and not hurtful and how, and, 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 and you know, and, Things like, you know, if you need to discipline somebody who's grieving. Yeah, right? yeah. How do you, how do you do that? About that and all kinds of obscure things that, you know, we think about when we're trying to manage someone who is grieving. You know, what I like about that course is, you know, all the lessons that we teach in, in that course is are applicable to your life, right? It, right? You take it right home to your friends and family. It's the same way you show up to grieve. You know, basically, we like we talked about earlier, like what we say Right. I, you know, there's no fixing it. 
right? So it's a, it's it's you know looking at improvement over time, and monitor monitoring over time and building up a relationship. And so and so you actually have a programmer on that, which is mm-hmm. just, which is which is yeah, is astonishing to me. How did how did they and and you're developing it? So before we talk about how do how do people get in touch? with you and, and, and get and, and, and get access to these programs, which by the way are pretty much all through you know petcloud.pat. Where do people where do people start? Should they just reach out to you? Should they go take a look at your courses? Should they reach I mean you, you've produced videos, you've you know you you've you've got numerous articles, the whole Pinterest thing which Again, it's gorgeous. You you, you do a, a weekly. What did you call it? Uh, journaling. Journaling. Weekly new poetry and things that help us remember some of the love that we have. Because mm. when we have a loss, any loss, we're we're focused mm. so much on the end, and not on all this other time that we've had. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and that's what we look at, and that's what we focus on. At the end of every single meeting, we're sharing memories. Where like the the entire idea is be present with how we feel, however bad, however good that is, and then end, end in gratitude, and we do it every day, and it gets better. Right. We could go. We could go on all day, and and I I would I would I would be remiss. We are self sponsored, and and so videosocials.net is our our sponsor today. You you were. An incredible member of that for 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 a while, and and we really appreciated all that we learned mm-hmm. uh, from you in that. But what video socials is 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 a, uh, small groups of individuals getting together that are trying to they have a message that they want to get across, either for marketing purposes, branding purposes, or, or educational purposes, and they may not know how to be a talking head on video and, and, and we do it in a group setting. We do it as a, it's it's called video socials for a reason because we are, as you and I are having a conversation today, we're not just talking to this inanimate object. We're having a conversation. And, and so having our built in audience, as it were, instead of sitting down at a computer and trying to talk to this inanimate object and imagine that there's somebody there listening. We're there to, to, to listen to each other. And that bring, and that brings our conversation to life and, and, and into a recordings that, that we're developing. And I, I would suggest that anybody that wants to be on YouTube, have videos for their websites, et cetera, et cetera. Come as I a guest. I recommend that too. Mm. Like, uh, you know, that the accountability was what, Drug, drug drove me there to begin with because every single week I'm recording whether I wanted to or not after I was done I'm always glad that I did it right, right? and you can go to my website there are 70 or 80 videos up there yeah yeah and before know it before you know it you have weeks of videos and content and you're just better at it so I, re- I really recommend video socials for that well, thank well, thank you, and and I appreciate the endorsement. And and again, if you would like to come as a guest, there's no cost, there's no obligation. Just go to videosocials.net and click the guest tab at the top of the screen. We'd we'd love to meet you, and it's a judgment free zone, and it's it's a safe place. We like to say it's a safe place to practice an exper- an experiment. And as you've experienced yourself, and many of those practices are very publishable, and and and. It, before long, you 
as you said, you have a whole library of content. And 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 I want to bring that back to you, though, because PetCloud.pet is got a lot of content and it's got a lot of really wonderful resources of, of, available for someone who is experiencing grief, knows somebody that's experiencing grief, wants to support someone that's experiencing grief and and, and numerous courses and group programs, et, et cetera, et cetera. So I guess that's probably the best way. And, and, and if they know that they, they, they just really want to talk to you is what's the best way to reach you? I, Kevin at petcloud.pets. I'm not hard to get in contact with. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin at petcloud.pet. So anything specifically that you wanted to close with today or or any thoughts? I mean, we're we're kind of for post-pandemic, but it's obviously it's still affecting us. But, Mm -hmm. you know, pandemic kind of changed everything. And how did it how did it change how people were dealing with grief? I managed that process. It took away a lot of coping mechanisms. Mm. Like we, we hear a lot more isolation now. You know, even now, like, like we don't like to go out and do things as much as we used to, you know, 2019. Right. And I guess just, you know, any kind of parting message would be just, it's okay not to be okay. There's nothing wrong with grief. There's nothing wrong with how we feel. Nothing wrong with being sad. And it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be sad. Mm-hmm. I think that's a I think that's a great place to uh, to end it. Kevin, thank you so much. It's always a delight to 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 be in a conversation with you. It really is. And uh, I, I thank you for what you do. I thank you for who you cho- who you've chosen to to be for the world around you. And I believe that to be a contribution. And and I thank you for it. Thank you. You've been listening to Inspiring Business with your host, Mark Bullock. Your positive comments, likes, and most importantly, your sharing of this show with others is greatly appreciated. Don't forget to subscribe to the Inspiring Business Podcast on whatever platform you prefer. You can catch prior episodes on videosocials.net and on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and all the major podcast platforms.